Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is a podcast from Minute Media. The backs are officially up against the proverbial war. Nothing in life is worth doing if it's easy. The White Sox have made this harder than they had to, and perhaps too hard, but we shall see. It takes three games to win a best-of-five series, not two, so... We'll try to find some silver linings here in what's ahead here. The Luis Robert silver lining, the Tim Anderson incredible start silver lining. Tony LaRussa, you got some work to do. You can do it. A full debrief of game two, 9-4 Astros when it starts right now. Showtime. Well, we have reached must-win game here, Mo. This is uh, not the way it was supposed to go. Welcome in to... Our debrief of game two, 9-4 Astros over the White Sox. Tony LaRussa under some major fire right now. I just watched this press conference. Did you watch it? I was watching it right before we, uh, we got on this, yeah. So the most interesting thing to me, we could have used Kopech if we needed him, but we didn't, I guess, and now we have more options for game three. Seemed like you needed him. Am I missing something here? You know, when he didn't use him, it was, was it saving him? I, I know he didn't say he was, but was he saving him for game three or four? Or is it a lack of confidence? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, you know, we, we've talked about Tony and the moves and it's easy to question things. There, there were obviously a lot more in this game where um, the moves he made certainly open for question because very few of them worked. And, you know, th- this one especially hurts because it, it seemed like, we were in a position despite, you know, Geo not going super long, but I figured four or five, you get Kopech in there, you go to the bullpen, but uh, it didn't work out that way. The biggest one that everyone's going to point to is why was Adam Engel not in right field? And top of the seventh, he has Cesar Hernandez pinch hit for Engel. He struck out and then Tim Anderson struck out. And then I actually thought it was interesting that those guys both looked overmatched. And then Luis Robert just comes in and absolutely smokes a ball in the left field. That guy is on fire. Abreu walked and Grandal uh, lined out. That was a ball was hit hard. Game remained 4-4. And then we get to the and, seven. And their right fielder made a nice play on a liner to right, right? He did. He did. That's, yeah. that's, that's, an, that's an absolutely true statement. And then, you know, you go to the bottom of the seventh and here comes Aaron Bummer. And Altuve leads off with a base hit. 
Brantley strikes out. Bregman a base hit. Altuve to third. You're in trouble. And then Alvarez a bouncer up the middle. That makes it five to four. And that's another thing that's being talked about, that the Sox are not shifting properly. The White Sox were very low in shift percentage as an infield all season. Can you point at Tony because he didn't have guys placed up the middle that might have been a double play? That's above my baseball metric knowledge. Were you were you thinking that? This just felt like we would hit the ball and, and it was close enough to Abreu or Correa where they would get it and we'd get a ground ball. You know, our pitchers would get a ground ball and, and they were hitting it where we weren't more times than not. I, It was frustrating. You know, the, the we shifted and early in the game and Mokata was way over and he had a run a long way on a pop-up and he didn't catch it. He, he banged himself on the wall. It was a great effort. And I think that, you know, that bat led to uh, a run scoring ultimately by not making that. It just, it seems like right now, listen, the Astros are a good team and, and they're playing better. Um, La Russa was brought in for, for the playoffs. And, and quite honestly, I don't know that he's doing the job, to be honest. I don't know if anybody would, but it, it's just not. But, you know, not to go off of topic somewhat, but you look at, the front office, man. I mean, listen, we've all applauded the moves. They've built this team. But, you know, last year you brought in Keuchel for the playoffs. He's not even on the roster. Lance Lynn was brought in to be the stud pitcher. He was not good yesterday. You, you traded for Cesar Hernandez because uh, Madrigal was hurt. He's so bad he doesn't even – he gets in the game as a pinch hitter late. And then there's Kimbrell. Like, <laughs> you know, there not a, not a lot of hits on that, and, and that's – you know, you're playing shorthanded because of some of those moves. You can add in too. They did not add in. A, they did not add on a starter. So now you're relying on Rodon. The odds that he was going to make it through the season healthy were not strong. But, but and- Mark, but Mark, you're right. But if you're looking at it and Lynn is the guy, which they obviously thought he was, they traded Dun- Dunning for, they also, um, they've re-signed Lynn, right? So you're expecting him to be the horse that, that you're expecting him to be. And, and he wasn't, he, you know, he wasn't very good yesterday. And, you know, today Gio's final numbers weren't great, but he was out there against a tough team. I, I, I was interesting. I think I asked in the text and I didn't get a response. You know, do you even bring Giolito out for the fifth just because it would have been the third time through the order, you know, and he had two walks in the first three batters. And then it was like, we're in reaction mode uh, with crochet who had pitched the day before. So yeah, there's a lot of like, yeah. you know, when you lose, that's what happens. I would have brought him out in the fifth for the record. And I think I didn't respond because you asked Courtney directly, who, by that's the true. way, is not here. She's uh, going to a James Bond movie. And I assume will join us at some point in the postseason run here. But once you put him out there, too, he was being way too fine with the strike zone. He was walking, guys. He wasn't getting hit around. So, and he had gotten out of trouble the inning before when they had first and third and he got on back-to-back pitches, a pop-up and a flout, got out of the inning. That's your horse. That's your best pitcher, at least in my mind. He's had success against the Astros. I would have left him in. Maybe that's too old school relying on your starter, but that's what I would have done. And if I was going to the bullpen, you're going back to crochet who you used yesterday when everything's fresh. You know, to me, that's, hey, you want to bring in the hammer right now? That's a great time for Michael Kopech. I could have seen that Aaron Bummer there. You're, you're trying to get a ground ball. I, I, I was I was curious if they would rely on him, and it, I thought they said at one point that no one was warming up in the top of the fifth. Once he walked Altuve, 
you know, he did get Brantley out on a fly ball to center field, but I, I don't know, man, I, I would have, to your point, like to me, if you had stretched out Kopech, that was the time. It, it just felt like yesterday and today there perhaps wasn't the sense of urgency where, you, you know, you bring guys in to, to try to get the outs early on. That being said, and I think Tony said it in his press conference, right? We, we got to the point where it's four to four. And, you know, if you looked on paper, our bullpen versus theirs, you probably felt pretty good. It almost, to your point, it almost seemed like Tony was going old school again and, and leaning heavily on his starters there and, and both times, you know, with leaving Lennon too long yesterday and then leaving uh, Giolito in. He brings yeah. in Crochet to face Jordan Alvarez, lefty on lefty, and then Crochet walks him. Like, it, it just felt like whether you agreed with the moves or not, every move that, that Tony made today seemingly it backfired, right? Yep. He, he obviously wanted Crochet to face Alvarez kind of makes sense, uh, but he did pitch yesterday, but he walks the lefty and then he's got to face, you know, Yuli Gurriel. And, and that's new baseball rules. You bring in a guy, he's got to face three batters. You know, Are we suggesting that Tony didn't know that I'm not saying <laughs> I I'm not, but I'm thinking, I'm not sure if he partly wondering, have you thought through the full strategy exactly of what you're doing here? Because right now you are sort of scratching your head. And I don't want to put it all on Tony. I mean, at the end of the day, I think everybody would say right now, at least the way it looks, the Astros are just better. They, they're a much better defensive team. It's not close. Their lineup is more impactful. And to this point, their starting pitching has been better. So you can, we can point to the manager all you want. But right now, I mean, this is a 95-win Houston team that's got world series huge playoff resume they're playing a very good team and right now it just looks like they're not as good yeah absolutely and when they've needed to make the big plays they've made them <sighs> this is depressing let's go I, I i gotta get back in here you're coming home sunday night playoff game guaranteed rate sold out i'm gonna channel my inner king right now and this is what tony and tony's got nothing else that he can say here but just you know, it, it's true though. You win one game, you're right back in the series. Short series, a million things can happen. So, I mean, this thing is not over clearly, but uh, we are officially at, at must-win status. Lucas's stats today, four and a third, three hits, five walks, struck out four, 90 pitches, 52 for strikes. That ratio is not good. To not make it through the fifth, is, 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 it's, it's enormously disappointing. Right. I mean, there's no way around it. And the Craig Kimbrell thing is to me, it seems like he would have rather been a closer on a team that was out of the playoffs rather than be a setup man on a good team. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, again, I wasn't a fan of the trade because of who they were giving up. I understood why they wanted to do it. Um, clearly, it hasn't worked out in, in any way, shape or form. So who are we starting? Let's just move forward. Who are we starting in game three? What do you want to see, Mo? You cannot start Carlos Rodon in game three. It's got to be Dylan Cease, right? But I don't feel like it's going to be Cease. I think he's going to go with Rodon, which is crazy. Carlos Rodon was not even supposed to be on this team. You brought him back on a one-year $3 million deal as basically a kind gesture, right? And now it's almost like your entire playoffs are being formed around what Carlos Rodon can do. Does that make sense? I don't know that I agree with that statement. Uh, by the way, King, he'll tell you he wanted Rodon from day one. 
listen, I mean, you could probably look at the Astros lineup and say some of their starters aren't guys you would have penciled in at the beginning of the year. I don't think it, I don't know that it's totally based on that. I don't know. We don't know what the deal is with Kopech and not pitching, whether he was saved, whether there's something else going on. We have no idea, right? It, it just, it seemed odd that uh, if he was available, why they, they didn't use him. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if they weren't saving him, I, I got, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the plan is here. And, and we're never going to know, unfortunately. Let me flip just to a couple of positives, Mo. I got to give some positives out there. I think mainly for you right now and and perhaps for a couple of White Sox fans. Luis Robert is out of his freaking skull. Three for four today. He's hitting 714 in the series. The guy's been out of his mind. Tim Anderson had three more hits today. Those guys at the top of the order, if they can, if there's some level of pitching here and better defense slash positioning, whatever, we got some red hot White Sox here. Yeah, Anderson has been, I think, historic as far as first what uh, five games number of hits he's had. It's amazing. I mean, you said it, six for nine for the two of them today. Um, Abreu had a couple of hits, although you know, a couple times couldn't come through. Uh, Grandal doesn't have a hit. You know, for a guy who was just out of his mind the last. Uh, month or two of the season, you know, he's, he's not. And, and that's, that's obviously come back to haunt us big time. Five career postseason games for Tim. He's got three plus hits in four of the five, 13 hits is the most in major league baseball history by a player in his first five career postseason games. Wow. I, I don't know about you, but like, I didn't even like today. It just felt like, like he wasn't a factor. I mean, the, and, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but like, we just didn't seem like we capitalized the way we do normally when he has three hits, it just, it, it didn't feel like that maybe because he was drowned out with all the other stuff that went on. But usually when, when he goes off like that, you know, we're scoring a ton of runs. And I mean, we did have 11 hits, but we only scored four runs. Here's some comments coming out from, uh, from Houston, Tim Anderson quote, it ain't over. We still got a shot. That is true. Lucas Giolito. We have to win three games in a row. That wouldn't be the first time that happened this year. That's true. Dusty Baker, I feel 15 during these games. I'm not 15, but I feel 15. That's an interesting little part of this. Dusty, for some reason, he just looks super calm over there. Have you noticed that? And Tony looks constipated, man. Tony looks like he's having the like just a, like a, the pressure of the world is on him. And Dusty looks like the exact opposite. Well, I mean, one guy is up two to nothing and, and has a team full of experienced guys. And the other one has been out of baseball forever. And uh, his team isn't playing as well. But Tony LaRusso, man, you're the guy. You're the dude. You're here for this postseason. It just has not happened yet. Chuck Garfine was tweeting the White Sox have 15 hits in the series, all singles. That's not great. You know, Mark, I got to tell you, I had... Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday with sort of McCullers and half kiddingly that the Sox were conceding yesterday to because of, you know, the guy, the, the Astros were pitching today, Valdez. That guy's a good pitcher, man. Like, I didn't, I don't think I appreciated how good of a pitcher he was. And we got him for four runs, which, which is good. But again, the Astros have a, are a big reason why we're down 0-2. They are, they are playing good baseball. They are defensively have been, you know, phenomenal. And they're getting clutch hits. They're hitting the ball where we're not. Yep. 
it very much looks like the White Sox are playing a better baseball team right now. And that goes, if we're, if you're trying to assign blame, you're short a right fielder right now. You go back to the off season. I mean, Michael Brantley was available, right? The White Sox went out and they signed Adam, 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 Adam Eaton. The guy was off the roster within two months. That was a swing and a miss. And you laid out all the moves that they made in the season. Hernandez, Kimbrell, not good. There's a ton of talent, but augmenting the roster, what they tried to do, it, it didn't go well. And Hendricks was a, a good acquisition free agency-wise, and uh, Lance Lynn was an outstanding, uh, outstanding trade, I guess. Although, I, I mean, it, it was. I, I do, I'm, I'm still a, slightly a Dane Dunning fan. But regardless, like, those were good. Right now, they were impactful. But there was a lot of, lot of misses here. And that's obviously contributing to what's going on right now. Everyone's talked about, Mo, that the White Sox have a great record against bad teams and not a great record against good teams. Well, they're playing a good team right now, and they're 0-2. Yeah, they're, they're, listen, when, when you're down 0-2, there's going to be a lot of questioning, even, even how the roster and the games were played, right? Like, should they have been more aggressive to try to get home field? Uh, you know, all of those things that happened during the season – it, it got us to this moment and, and, you know, the Sox have to say they can win three. It, it feels like it, it, the, certainly the way we've played and, and granted anything can happen, but you know, they've, they've beaten our two best pitchers. Um, you know, we get to go home where we, if looking at numbers though, we have, I think the best home record, at least in the American league. So that's working in our favor, but you know, especially so close. I mean, we're doing this right after the game. It's tough to be positive and say, we got the Astros right where we want them. Nope. And like, I don't want to be and appreciate everybody checking out the windy. I don't want to, I don't want to bury the team before the season's over. Dusty Baker's has lost three games in a row in the playoffs many times. He did it in this city up three, one, when literally everybody, including uh, the most optimistic White Sox fan who, who thought the Cubs were always going to lose. They all thought that the, everyone thought the Cubs were going to win that series and it didn't happen. This is different. He's got a hell of a ball, a ball club, but the White Sox are capable of doing this. They really are. In terms of the, the team, there's still so much to like about this team. You hit on Robert and Anderson. Like we have a tremendously tan talented team. Um, it's just, it's just frustrating that they're not, they're playing, you know, some of their worst baseball or they're just getting outplayed. Right. Like, but some of the stuff you've hit on the, you know, the, the pitches in the dirt that get away and, and some of those other things, they've kind of happened all year. Right. Courtney's pointed this out that defensively we, we've not been super sharp and, and you can see it. And the Astros are a team that takes advantage of, of every mistake or, or non-play. So, yeah. And then, then you have the bullpen, right. Which at times has been really good and other times has been, leaky and today you know unfortunately the seventh inning was you know you bring in bummer the ground ball pitcher and he gets the ground balls but they're hitting the ball hard where we're not and then you bring in Kimbrell and for whatever reason since we've gotten him he just has not been able to do the job people talk about once you go up the button the most important thing you can do is shut the other team down right there so you can gain some momentum and kind of feel like you have the game in your control and today you know socks go up four two they give it right back the Sox are, were, 
85 and 10 this year, 85 and 10. That's an eight, nine, five winning percentage with a multi-run lead in the regular season. Best of the American league. It was an anomaly. What, what happened today, as far as them being up and giving it back and they've added onto the bullpen. So that's like triply painful, but I do think that that whole thing of shutting the other team down after you score, like in this particular series, playing this team on the road and being a young team in the playoffs, being able just to breathe a little bit and have some confidence flowing. I do think that, that right now it just feels important to me. I completely agree that that fifth inning, I think was, there's a big difference between being up four to two, especially after being down, right. And coming back and getting three and knocking out their starting pitcher versus, you know, going to the bullpen and then not working out and then suddenly a tie game. Um, I, I, I know, I think Larissa said in his press conference that, you know, four, four, they thought they were in, in good shape getting into the Astros bullpen, but you know, would have much liked to be four, two instead of four, four at that point. No, you weren't in good shape at that point. Michael Kopech, I mean, Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito didn't make it out of the fifth. That was not the plan. You wanted that dude throwing seven innings. He looked, you, you, you go back to the first inning. He looked phenomenal, phenomenal. And Lucas's reaction, by the way, in the fifth, after he came out and Crochet's giving it up and he's putting the towel over his head. If that's the, t- the last time that guy pitches this year, it's going to be a long off season for him. It's going to bother him. I, I think I've pointed this out before, though. One thing with the Sox starting pitcher, the last part starting pitching the last month or, or month plus, they weren't going more than five innings, whether it was pitch counts, they were throwing 80, 90 pitches to get through five. So this was not, completely unusual unfortunately i'm not criticizing giolito i i thought he went out there and he gave it all he had and he he, you know the walks were killers though he just wasn't as sharp and wasn't probably he would say it too he he just didn't execute when he needed to but the fact that he didn't make it through the fifth was not a complete surprise to me because i again right kenny and, and rick they wanted to build the bullpen they did so you know you figured tony was the bullpen guy right back in the day you figured okay we're going to lean heavily on the bullpen and, and ride it. And so it wasn't a complete surprise to me that, that Gio didn't go further in the game, regardless of what was happening. But again, it, it didn't work out. To, to your point, his last start, five innings against the Tigers, before that six innings against Cleveland, five and a third versus the Rangers, four innings versus the Angels. He made three starts in September when he was dealing with, uh, what was the injury, the, the groin injury or hamstring? Yep. Groin. Yep. So... He made three starts in September, four and a third uh, before that in his last start in August. And, and, and again, I think all those yeah. were, were 80, 90, right? Like they were not. Four and a third, 86 pitches, four yeah. innings, 87 pitches, uh, five and a third, 97. Um, six innings, he got to 100. So, and then his last start was five and 72, which is what you wanted. But I mean, this good. Astros team, right? Again, numbers, right? They, I think they had the second. They were the second hardest team to strike out. Um, they fall off pitches, man. You'd make a good pitch, they'd fall it off. They'd put it in play. So, and the Sox relied heavily on strikeouts. So, you know, it's not surprising they ran up the pitch counts on our on our guys. It just, you know, I know I think it was Cot was criticizing Giolito for not, you know, trusting his stuff in the strike zone, but I, I think he was looking at the score and saying, "I gotta, I gotta be perfect here," and and he just wasn't. Jim Kyle with a very rough day, by the way. (laughs) I mean, I don't exactly know 
what the MLB network was trying to do today with a booth of three old white men. Jim it was Cut- like the bizarro world stat cast, right? Like I'm, complete opposite. I, I just, uh, and the, the comment was, I don't know how much you've seen him on Kata, but everybody talks like this guy should be a, should be a star an all-star cut uh, said in the booth, Buck Showalter. That's what they look like. I don't know about the rest of it. The first time I saw him in the big leagues, I looked around the dugout and said, can we have one of those? That's what they look like. And then Cott comes back with, get a 40-acre field full of them, which <laughs> is just not what you want to say ever, let alone on a broadcast in the middle of the playoffs. Good God. Jim Cott, come on, buddy. Then the attempt at the apology just flat. You know. Earlier in the game, the quote though was, when Yohan Moncada was at the plate in an attempt to compliment the great player that he is, I used a poor choice of words that resulted in a hurtful and insensitive remark, and I'm sorry for that. Ben in it, ben in it. I, I will tell you, like, it's hard. I mean, you, you, I think before the postseason, you meant, you know, you asked us if we had forgotten what the postseason was and where every pitch is yeah. just stressful. Um, I have found solace because it is stressful, but like reading the last two days, the, the Twitter comments of, of the two different broadcasts, it's, you know, today <laughs> especially, there were some, some really funny takes on that, that that helped ease the pain. Some good doozies out there. Yeah. All right. Hey, Mo, stay up, brother. You're in your White Sox jersey right now. Sunday is a long way away. You get to breathe tomorrow. I knew this 107 was going to come quick. It came very quick. We appreciate everybody, by the way, that checked out the first uh, game one after loss. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a win on Sunday night and keep the season rolling. But uh, has not gone as planned, but coming on home. And, hey, nothing would be sweeter for this White Sox team launching themselves into this contention window if you will than coming back from three down to beat the houston astros doesn't seem overly possible with uh giolito and lynn are already having pitched and figuring out games three and four but that's why they call it the game of baseball anything's anything's possible here so let's go sunday night we we, we can give kimbrell back to the cubs for madrigal and hoyer right that's a give back right uh, you know i saw somebody tweet did the cubs already win this trade before madrigal ever plays a game because at this point, it kind of feels like that, doesn't it? I, I texted some of my Cub friends, like, Kimbrel's still uh most valuable pitcher for the Cubs and their fans. Tony's comments on him were great. Well, it's just hard for him because he's, um, you know, we were losing and he's not used to being in the game. Tony, honestly, just be honest. Why not just challenge him the other way? You know, I, you, you tell him you can lose the player. It feels like the player's already lost. What I, what I don't understand is that, and again, we have no idea what's going on with Craig Kimbrell. This whole mentality, though, like, well, he's used to the ninth. Okay, sure, I get it, sort of. But if you can pitch in a pressure situation in the ninth, you get brought into a playoff game of essentially what's becoming a must-win game. I, I don't understand it. Like, how are you not getting up for that? I get you bring in Hendricks in a game that's, you know, it, they're down five, whatever, in the eighth. The, I could see a closer being like, eh, whatever. Hendricks is out for blood regardless, right? I, I don't understand this whole mentality of, well, Kimbrell can only pitch the ninth. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe it just goes back to when Tony took him out and Kimbrell had that mouthing moment with him and Tony apologized after the game. I, I, I can't believe a guy who has been, listen, I mean, I ripped him when he was with the Cubs. I didn't like the trade because of who they gave up. 
but the guy's been successful closer, right? Which is not easy to do. I can't imagine he's that sensitive that he gets taken out of one game and it, it destroys him. If he was a rookie, sure. Like look at Mercedes, but for a guy like Kimbrell, like. I, I don't even think it, it, it destroyed him. I just think he's his body language, at least a lot of the time to me, just comes across like he just doesn't care. Uh, that's what it seems like to me or, or like, it's like, he's, he's got like a victim mentality out there. There's something going on with him on the mental side that, that he's not all there. I have no idea what it is because I'm not his therapist and nor his best friend or whatever, but it, it doesn't, it just feels off to me. Maybe he just sucks all of a sudden, but, and he sucked when he got to the Cubs, but that was different. He had, he came in the middle of the season he had been hurt before that and he was racing to get, get up to speed and he couldn't do it this year. He was fantastic. Although for the record, and if we go back on the pods, I was kind of pushing for you guys to make a trade with the Cubs. Cause I thought a lot of it made sense. You were but pushing were, just a little bit, right? Uh, Weren't yeah, there three uh, players? Probably, probably often, but I, you know, I was like, you know, I was more hyped on KB. What a, Schwarber uh, way back in the day would have been an interesting White Sox player. That guy's uh, Baez. Yeah, Javi would have been. I mean, how much would you like to have Javi at second base right now? Thumbs down. Wait, um, oh, that that's what he gives to the fans. Sorry. Okay. I think you take Javi at second base, considering what we're seeing at second base right now. But regardless, uh, Trey Turner would look good at second base. Well, right. Or, and Max Scherzer would look good on the mound. These guys, by the way, moved at the deadline. Sox could have been in on them. That's that's. You know, I, and I said this to Courtney too, like, I know she wanted, you know, a different reliever and, and another catcher from the nationals. I don't know what the Sox had to give up to, to get some of these guys, right. Their, their minor league system is not quite, Oh, look what they had to give up to get Kimbrell, right. They gave up a basically two major leaguers, Hoyer and Madrigal were both major leaguers who've had some success. These, they weren't prospects after that. What really do they have in the minors? You're going to give up a sheets. He wasn't established at that time. You're not going to give up Vaughn, I hope. So, I, by the I, way, I, I feel I feel bad for Vaughn. He's he's you know he started off great. He's been put in a lot of tough you know learning new positions on the fly for a contending team, and you know seemingly got hurt. And and you roll him out there when when uh, Altuve robbed him of that hit. I was like, oh man, that guy needed a hit. I think he got a hit later in the game, but like tough spot for him. Sheets was in a tough spot yesterday. Hopefully those guys, you know, to your point with you know lucas the, the long offseason I, I hope those guys take away all the positives and, and hopefully they can help us uh sunday and hopefully monday and then hopefully again uh what would that be wednesday wednesday i i would just say this a lot of times whether or not you end up winning the world series when you build the foundation for what is a world series team it comes down to call it luck or intelligence and scouting of adding the right guy i mean if you look back on the astros when they won it it's because they, they added Verlander. Right. He, he, and he would, and the Cubs were in on Verlander that year. Cubs said, no, let's trade for Jose Quintana and give up Dylan Cease and Aloy Jimenez. You because, see that diving play Jimenez made in left field? Holy uh, cow. Let, me let me tell you something about Eloy. He is a better athlete than people give him credit for. When you watch him go down the line, the dude's moving. He's not yeah. slow. He's not. So I, I, th I think the injury is he seemed more motivated and, and to be a better all around player. Um, his hitting isn't quite what I think we all want at this point, but he's moving better in the outfield. He's moving better down the basis. So hopefully that, that 
yeah. leads to better things in the future. That that would change the whole dynamic of the series, by the way, if Eloy could hit, it could bomb one. It just feels like that's what they, they need a Luis Robert bomb. They need an Eloy bomb. They need a Grandal bomb. They need some, they need a homer. They need a home run, many of them, and some better defense. Mo, I mean, 11 hits today with, with another one without extra base hits and the slap hitter Madrigal is on the Cubs. Like, who would have thought that? Mo, tell everybody it's going to be okay. Uh, it's going to be okay. It's, all right. It's going to be okay. I, uh, I can't sell it, Mark. It's, it's no, tough. It was, it was terrible. You, maybe you, tomorrow, you, maybe Sunday, but uh, right now it's, it's, it's tough. Tony knows how to win. He got a lot of naysayers earlier this season. By All-Star break, no one was talking at all about Tony Russo. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Not worried about Tony LaRussa. I think he is the man that got this team to the next championship. Frank, do you look at the White Sox like they're an underdog? Uh, they better think they're underdogs. Who do you think is their X factor? Uh, I would say Michael Kopech. He's a natural starter. He adjusted to the bullpen. He did well, but he's going to be back starting real soon. Frank, who, who you got coming out of the American League? Mm. I've said it all year long, and I'm not going to back up since they're playing poorly the second half. I'm going to say the Chicago White Sox. I, that's my opinion. It happens to be, a, a, you know, the right one. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 